Welcome back to the audio version of What Sam Watches. This week, I will be re-watching the Private Practice episode titled Let It Go, which is their fifth episode of their second season. So with this first scene of Addison still working on her bed while Kevin's sleeping on the other side, I actually really love that they show Addison's struggle at least a little bit while taking over as the new leader of the practice. We know how great of a doctor she is, but we've never seen her in an administrative role, so this is interesting to see. Plus, Addison and Kevin are cute together. I mean, this is still kind of their honeymoon phase as a couple, so that makes sense. And then there's the scene of Meg smoking, and I completely agree with Pete. Meg being a smoker is a major turnoff, but I am glad that at the end of the episode, Pete finally tells her why he's so bothered by it, i.e. his late wife used to smoke and she never quit before she died. And I think overall it would have been nice if Meg stayed on the show for longer. She's really the only reason why we know a little more about Pete's past. He's kind of pretty mysterious about it throughout the entire show. So maybe we would have known more about Pete's past if she stuck around for longer. Another thing about this episode is that Addison and Naomi's friendship is just in such a weird place right now. Naomi isn't just outright angry at her anymore, but she also hasn't fully forgiven her at this point. Addison's really trying, but it's hard when Naomi's so stubborn about everything. It's also kind of amazing that Addison figured this all out so fast when it comes to the practice. I mean, there's still plenty of money she needs to find, but it's strange that neither Sam or Naomi thought of these solutions. I mean, extending their hours a bit and essentially working half days on Saturdays kind of seems like an easy fix. And, you know, later with the other floor, which I get into, it kind of seems like an easy fix. And then there's the whole Sam and Naomi of it all. As awkward as it is for Maya to find her divorced parents naked in bed together, it's probably more awkward for Sam and Naomi at this point. I mean, they're not necessarily back together yet, and they're just kind of sleeping together instead. Um, all to avoid their problems at the practice, which, you know, seems healthy. It's also weird that after his talk with Jenna, Sam goes off and gets his ear pierced. It makes sense that he essentially made a bucket list, but why isn't ear piercing the first thing he goes to? Especially since it apparently closes up the next day, or at least I think that's what he says in one of those Grey's Anatomy private practice crossover episodes. Also, what kind of metaphor is step off a cliff anyway? This entire divorce, and pretty much the entire show, is Sam's midlife crisis. Let's be real. So it's weird that Naomi is just figuring that out now. Then there's Cooper and Charlotte's relationship, and it's nice that Cooper and Charlotte are being safe and responsible with the HIV test. It's not usually something that's really shown on screen, but it's a nice touch. I think the last example similar to this is when I saw it on Gossip Girl in like season four when Nate and Dan went to get HIV tests before um, sleeping with their girlfriends at that time. I know Charlotte's a little rough on the edges, but I never really understood why everyone seems to not like her at first. She's a little strict when it comes to the hospital rules, but that's literally her job. When Charlotte interrupts Cooper and Violet's conversation, I don't think Violet was calling her a skink, even though she came in just at the right time to hear that. Even though Cooper and Charlotte spend this entire episode just waiting for their blood results, I'm glad Cooper waited to open them in the end because at that point, Violet really needed him to be there for her more than he needed to open those results. It's one thing for Charlotte to use that news of the empty floor to get a job after hearing about it from Cooper. It's a whole other thing to keep it from him entirely. Then there's the medical stuff for this 
episode, which is apparently everyone's favorite patient, Jenna. It's still a little unbelievable that everyone at this practice was on board for Jenna's procedure. I mean, I know they've known her forever and love her, but she's only 17 years old. It's just strange that no one opposed to it or at least hesitated before they all went through with this. But Addison's right. They are essentially making an orphan. Sure, Jenna's got plenty of family and this baby would be very loved growing up with all of them, but it's still not the same as having a mother. Way to twist the knife, Naomi. Addison literally saved your and Sam's practice from going under all because you were too stubborn to ask for help. And she's questioning this case because it's a valid concern. I know they all love this girl, but giving her a baby only for her to die a year or two later isn't going to change the fact that she's dying. But at least Addison finally interferes with all of it. I mean, Addison throws a lot of questions towards Nick, Jenna's husband, but they're valid questions. He's also only 17, so I don't blame him for not really knowing the answers, but this is a lot for any adult, let alone a teenager. This might be Jenna's family, but this is Nick's life too. So asking him what he wants, despite what everyone else wants, is what someone should have asked him earlier, but everyone's so focused on getting Jenna what she wants that they don't seem to care what it'll mean after she dies. I feel for Nick, but this probably wasn't the best timing for him to back out. I mean, Naomi just injected his sperm into Jenna's eggs, but it's understandable that he's freaking out now. Okay, did Nick really need to throw Addison under the bus like that? I know he's scared and had to say something, but he didn't have to do it that way. I know Jenna wants this baby, but it is weird that she immediately starts looking at sperm donors, and Naomi is still accusing Addison of essentially doing the right thing, and it's what everyone else should have been doing instead of giving in to this dying girl's wish. At least Pete finally admits Addison's right, though. Then there's Cara Wei, Violet's old friend. And to start, I love Ming-Na Wen so much. I mean, she is the original Mulan and Agent May from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's just an icon in my eyes. But Kara's really asking for a lot here from Violet. Destroying someone's medical records isn't a small ask, and the way society sees mental health has vastly changed since this episode aired, but asking your friend to commit a crime and have her risk losing her medical license is risky. And all because she doesn't want voters to think she's crazy? It's just not worth it to me. If Kara were really Violet's best friend, I think everyone would know her or at least know that she's Violet's best friend. More than that, she wouldn't ask her to risk her entire career. But Violet's right. Kara should have just gone public with her shock therapy pass. It's unconventional, for sure, but it could have been such a great opportunity to destigmatize mental health, shock therapy included. But it would have been interesting if the show actually had to do that to see how that would have ended up. Kara really plays off this whole situation as a friendship thing, but it feels more like she's taking advantage of Violet, especially knowing how everything plays out later in the episode. I mean, Violet opened up to her about her rape, but Kara didn't really tell her anything about her past, other than the fact that her mother died. By the end there, part of me really wanted Kara to just make the right choice when I first watched this, and it's still disappointing watching her now shred her medical records. Okay, the last part of this episode is finding that money that they need to keep this practice afloat. At first, Del seems really happy about this new enforcer nickname that Addison gives him, but he definitely regrets it later. Trying to get money from people is not an easy task, especially if you're a sucker like Dell who will listen to everyone's sob story. I still can't believe they just had a whole floor of space and didn't say anything about it. This practice is drowning, and leasing the space out would have solved everything, and it does later on, but Naomi's advertising to 
dental offices or something like that. And Sam just changes how the practice operates because of how desperate they are for the money. And this dream of Sam Naomi's is admirable, but it's not worth it to hold onto this floor if it means letting the entire practice go under because of it. Okay, the last thing about Naomi and Sam with this episode is that Naomi is completely unbelievable and infuriating in this episode. This whole situation has nothing to do with Addison's quote-unquote needing to control everything. I mean, she is literally just trying to save the practice that you built and almost ran into the ground. Expanding the practice to another floor is a great idea, especially with all these different specialties, but it's just not a plausible goal yet. If this practice goes bankrupt, it just pushes this dream of theirs further towards being impossible. The practice needs to at least be standing to be able to expand the way they want it to. Overall, I'm glad that Addison went and leased the floor anyway, i.e. without Naomi and Sam's permission. Keeping this practice afloat is more important than keeping that floor, and Addison needs to learn to be a little less forgiving when it comes to Naomi anyway, which I don't think she ends up learning later, because she's still way too forgiving when it comes to Naomi. But other than that, that is the end for this episode. I hope you enjoy, and I hope that you will tune in next week as well.